Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything. So this week we got back from a trip to Germany, but we will not talk about that because, I mean, we've already made a podcast about beers, but instead this week we'll be a podcast about books. Man, that was so cheesy, but I like it. Well, <laughs> Did you plan that out? No, we're, we're 10 for 10 for cheese, and I don't think we're going to miss a beat. Yeah. So what's the last thing you bought for Infinity? The last thing? Uh, it's the book. Yeah. I assume you set me up there. I didn't even think about it, but yes, it was the book. Did oh, actually, it wasn't. No, because I literally right after that I bought a model. Oh, the okay. week after. No, no, no. Three days later, the special special uh, model that that was released with the book. But the main one was the book. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I bought the same thing as well. Because when you really like a game, you really want to like know what's going on in the game. Mm-hmm. But like we already have the core. Well, actually we don't have the core rule book for Infinity because you don't have to buy that. Well, I do. Oh, you do. Okay. I really want to get into these kind of games. All right, you're the more dedicated player then. Well, it, it's the kind of thing like so, miniatures games or these mm-hmm. kind of like what do you call them hobby games? It's not just about playing, right? It's about that they they bring you into an entire world. And yeah, so that's one of the big parts of playing the games. You want to feel mm-hmm. like you're part of Something like it makes more of a shared experience to have it there. Mm-hmm. You have more of a connection to the minis you have on the board. You know, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's not random this? spaceman versus other random spaceman, which is fine mm-hmm. because you know spacemans are cool. Yes, but even the, the the idea that any spaceman is cool is because of the 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 stories that we have in the back of our heads. It's like you want to know why the spaceman is so awesome compared to the other spaceman. Yeah, and why this other spaceman was such a crap <laughs> got scrubbed out so quickly. Yeah, especially when we needed him. So obviously you've got to buy like the books for most games, like get the rules out of them. Yeah. But like depending on the game, they can also go deeper and deeper into being fluff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes maybe like totally into just being pure fluff. Like sometimes you've got with Warhammer. Yeah, fluff with... is like story, basically. Yeah. So when we look like, if we were, if we were to rewind a little bit back uh, to when we got into these games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we got into uh, Warhammer 40,000, right? Uh because it looked cool, but because then... it's totally looked cool, mm-hmm. yeah. But the part of the reason why we got into it is because it evoked something. Like it, it wasn't just like it, it looked. It wasn't a beautiful piece of art, right? Mm-hmm. It was. It evoked this kind of world that you could get sucked into with all of these guys. I was like, what are these? All of these, uh, like armored people, and why? Why are they all? Do Do they have like? I don't know, why are some of them thin and some of them super chunky and beefy? Why are they covered in skulls? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure Whose skulls are these? I'm not sure I can always answer that question, but like, I'm pretty sure I read like all the stories in the books we used to have three times over at least, because mm-hmm. back in the day, before the internet was so much mm-hmm. of a thing, the only place you got stories was yeah. the books. And, and, and so we got in because obviously, like you said, it was cool, but what kind of almost hooked us is that once you buy the rule book, it comes with... A huge bunch of story and tells you and tells you who that guy is that you just bought, right? Yeah, so it seems even cooler to and yeah, even, like the Space bought. Marine. Mm-hmm. Like it's one thing when when you see when you see the Space Marine. Okay, it looks like a really cool armored sci-fi hero, right? Yeah. But then when you read about the history of the Space Marine, what was like? How are they created? How are they different? How come they're so tall? Yeah. Actually, like, they're not that tall in the, in the game. But you learn from reading that the, they are the stories. Huge. <laughs> and you imagine that they're huge on the table, even yes. though they're not that much taller than the Gretchen they made back in the day. Yes, that's true. Anyway, well, the Gretchen did have these little had spiky the things on the head. To make himself that, look yeah, taller. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So even like going on, because I was playing Blood Angels, I bought the Blood Angel book. It's like, oh my gosh, the story about Mephiston is so cool. I have to go buy Mephiston now. Or the opposite, because I thought they were not cool. Yeah. But well, because yeah. 
Actually, because I didn't read much about Blood Angels. But maybe if exactly. I read the Blood Angels story, I'd be like, wow, I guess Mephisto is cool. Yeah, they weren't cool because they were kicking your ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mephisto, yes. I hated Mephisto. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was totally overpowered. But uh, yeah, so this is the kind of thing what I, I think we talked about before. Um, the different things about the hobby. One of the things that really um, gets people into this kind of uh, hobby that we're doing, I guess... Uh, we talked about painting. Well, I guess that was generally miniatures. Yeah, that's the but, art part of it. That's yeah, the look. That's the art, the, the playing. But another thing actually is, I don't know how much we mentioned this, is the story, right? Is, is what we're talking about, the fluff, the thing yeah. that, that kind of drags you into a world and, and kind of is, is exactly the reason why, I don't know, we read stories ever since we're young. We're a very story-based civilization or, or species race. Species or whatever. Species, yeah. yes. We tell things in stories. And so even when we play games, we want those games to have like this story around them, right? It makes it more real. It makes it, it feel more... Um, it was more engaged in the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, engaging. Because thinking of some of the games we've played lately, or maybe not so lately, mm-hmm. that we've that just for the reason we got into the games, say X-Wing, you're like, is uh-huh. this going to be a cool game? I don't know. Other people are playing it, and I think the Star Wars universe is cool. And the Game yeah, of Thrones game, the Game yep. of Thrones game, you're like, would I normally Song give this... Song of Ice and Fire? Come on. That's okay. <laughs> They didn't have the rights to a Game of Thrones. They no, had they the didn't. rights to the Song of Ice and Fire. They had the rights to or the book song, series. as they yeah. call it. Okay. Well, for the few me people, and that other guy, for the few people who have read the book series, they can call mm-hmm. it the Song of Ice and Fire because they're they're OG like that. But playing that game was because of the TV show. For most people. For most people, yeah. I only read one and a half books. Mm-hmm. No, I think I finished. No, I didn't finish the second one. Oh, I read one and a half books. But it was because of the TV show. Yeah. So. I was sort of disappointed that a lot of characters didn't look like they looked in the TV show. When I read? When you read it? No, when we played the game. It's like, oh, oh I was expecting the TV show on the table. It's like, oh, they look different. Oh, okay. Yeah, they look similar. No, and they, don't, I, they don't look bad, the minis themselves. It's just... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, like uh, Jamie Lannister has long, flowing, beautiful hair. Mm-hmm. I thought he did at one point in the show. Did he? Maybe. Oh, at the beginning? Good. Oh, he did have longer hair at the beginning. There you right? go. He, he does he cut it? Later on? I think so. Oh, okay. Wow, we know too much about that as well. Okay. Anyhow. Well, it was good. It was the story, right? It brings you in. And then when you go and play the miniatures Mm -hmm. game, now you are reminded every single time you play play the game of the story, and it kind of integrates it and interweaves, right? And then all the stories that you get, like whenever you have miniature games, because they're battles, they kind of, um, and they're, they're modeling reality they kind of create their own story right it's like yeah. oh when my hero was able to knock that guy down or when my hero ran over and then tripped and then rolled a whole bunch of ones and died to some scrubs right yeah, it's even cooler when that story you're playing out fits into like a bigger story yes and and it kind of feeds into each other yeah and when you're having the shared experience of playing the game that you actually feel like you're part of the same story as opposed to oh I have this story in my head and you have that story in your head yeah. and it's kind of weird when the stories clash yeah. instead when you've got the world built behind the whole thing mm-hmm. you can both sort of combine like well you both have the sh- yeah you feel like you're involved in the same world right yep so it's all same imagined world as opposed to have your have your own thing right or like chess when it all becomes just gamey right exactly I think we talked about this before gamey versus um, fluffy fluffy mm-hmm. yes. So let's say going back to 40k, mm-hmm. I would say that maybe from their from their books, the core rule books, mm-hmm. not the codexes, which give you the rules for each army. That say maybe even the codexes as well for each army. About half the book is actually rules, abilities, unit profiles, missions, mm-hmm. and then the other half 
so I would call that the like the rules, basically the content. So I'd say the content's like half. You're sure. about half for those books. And the fluff, which are all the stories and that. The stories, the... pictures, all those things. The things to kind of get you into the world. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that that is the much better written side because people in general don't play 40K for the rules, right? Nope. It's because their models are cool, like we started, right? Their models are cool and the hot the hobby side and because the story is so engrossing the story is very fun and and at this point because there's so much story there's certain people that get into the miniature side because they were introduced to the story mm-hmm. right like i don't know why the story's not that good but but i think we talked about this before uh it's because the players keep preaching about the story and other people like buy into it yeah and it's fine that it's I was going to say it's like super cheesy and not well written, mm-hmm. but at the same time, people love cheese, right? Yes, they do. So maybe that's a good thing. Action, action movies are cool, and I'll keep watching the same action yeah. movie over and, and over. Then, yeah, and I, uh, I, was, I was talking with some people, right, we're, um, at work about like the top 10 movies, right? And I looked at my top 10 movies, the ones that I enjoy the most and that like elicit the most good feelings in myself. Mm-hmm. They're not the most cinematic, cinematography. Like they don't have the best cinematography necessarily. They're not the the best technical movies. Yep. And but they it induce joy whenever I watch them. And part of it is that what the cheesiness of oh. it, right? It's like cheese is not necessarily bad. Oh, don't worry. There's a reason why <laughs> cheesy becomes cheesy mm-hmm. is because. It, it elicits a feeling in, in us, right? It's you actually like, yeah, cheesy is you like it, but you know it's wrong. It's not even it's no. wrong. It's just like overused or, mm-hmm. or obvious or things like that. And why is it obvious? Because it's a crowd pleaser because people actually like it. It's just intrinsically likable. Yeah, don't worry. Like don't when worry. the hero yeah. is beaten down at the end of a story and he's almost going to lose and then finally gets yeah. enough power to like suddenly rise up and defeat the bad guy. The, the rocky... Rocket yeah, they, the look, it's so obvious, and you're like, really? Is that really what's going to happen? Is mm-hmm. like, Not necessarily, but that's what people like, yep. right, from the that's story. That's they come to the movie theater it. to watch. Yeah. Don't worry, I watched Samurai Cop 2 this week, and <laughs> it didn't it didn't deviate at all. Oh, yeah? It didn't disappoint? Was it everything you had dreamed of? Oh, it was just exactly as stupid as I hoped for. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So so that's the kind of thing. Um, the movies, like, I, I one of my favorite movies is Army of Darkness. And I tried to sell it to one of my coworkers, and he's like, that movie is terrible. And I'm like, in all the right ways. <laughs> it's yep. so good. I, I, I would argue because they made the movie they wanted to make, right? And it is cheesy and whatever, and there's like so many lines that make no sense in the movie but are great lines, mm-hmm. right? That they just elicit great feelings when you watch the movie. Mm-hmm. So and so the same way, 40K, I think the point it's is not that the best for- written. So I guess for the point is for miniature games, the stories don't have to be deep and insightful or anything else. Nah. They just have to be... They have to elicit action. the right feelings, mm-hmm. right? It's not necessarily about making the writing super good or most realistic or most intriguing. It doesn't have to be philosophical. In fact, it might, like, maybe you don't want to have it too deep and intriguing because the point of the story in a miniature game is not to make a guy think and sit there and say and ponder... Should our our armies fight? Mm-hmm. No, it's sort of guys to it's show no. up and, and a reason for them to try and destroy he, he, each other. He's a badass and he punches everyone in the face. Of course, he's going to go punch people <laughs> in the face right now. Exactly, it'd be a terrible story if it's like my guy doesn't know if he wants to fight. I'm going to roll on this dice mm-hmm. for his uh, conscious roll. Oh, you know what? He's sitting this one out because he doesn't think that this makes sense. That our our 
our two armies should fight. We should negotiate over mm-hmm. <laughs> over these things and help heal society. No, this is one of those things that works way better in a book when you're trying to when it's only about you know. It's only about character, not about battles. Yeah, exactly. Like, how are you going to fit your battle in your story? This, there still has to be a battle. So mm-hmm. you have a very limited number of kind of stories that you want to do. Yeah, tell. but I, I guess in books, it's harder to it's harder to show the battle. But that's, I guess, why miniature books help to have the story element and the picture element. Mm. That the picture is like, oh, here's the badass killing scene. Whereas <laughs> just just describing murdering each just other. describing the over top. Oh, he's murdering with the murder bull ass. <laughs> like, okay, I can kind of envision this, but it's in the name. But it would look cooler if they actually showed the the image of some chaos dude just swinging the bull ass and smashing. Yeah, the murder bull ass. The murder it's not bull just ass. any bull ass. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. So so, that, so that's what. Warhammer 40k uh-huh. most of the GW games have done with their books mm-hmm. then I guess once you go to maybe the other far end of it you've got things like say Frostgrave or X-Wing or the Game of Thrones game we played where the I think those are all different but go yeah. on I guess Frostgrave is a bit different yeah. but they, they lean way more towards the towards the just being pure rules nice short sweet rule books well the thing with, with um, uh, X-Wing and uh, Song of Ice and Fire yep. or Song Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep on saying no. that until you pick it up. <laughs> the listeners aren't going to pick it up, so it's okay. Uh, so, is that they have already have the story. Right? Yep. They all have the story built in, and and they're, the entire nature of the game is they're trying to feed off the fact that everyone is uh, intimate, has intimate knowledge of the story, mm-hmm. and then have the game on top, right? Whereas something like 40K is that they're trying to build something out of, out of, of nothing, of nothing mm-hmm. right? So they have to be the ones that bring the story. Right, and so I think I think there's you know some some good and bad out of both ways, right? Because because uh, Song of Ice and Fire and uh, X Wing, they have a story built in story. You can automatically feed people into your game who are, are, are they are already informed about what the game is about, and they're already involved in, in an emotional level because of the stories they had before. At the same time, story always has to inform gameplay, right, and, and other way around. Yep. And what that means is that if you want to have new and innovative gameplay, you can't write in, or it's much harder to write in uh, innovative gameplay or innovative game characters or, or, or things because the story's already written. You can't, like, it's it's an external person that's writing that story. Mm-hmm. And so you can't, like, for example, in 40K, they're saying, oh, you know what? We want different models. We want different new space marines that are actually as tall as we say in the fluff. Let's just write in that this new guy came over and uh, made all of these new space marines. And Whereas, if you want to do the same thing in Song of Ice and Fire, you can't. You can't you do can't, that because it's not part of the story. You can't. Well, I guess they have the giant faction, but you can't create the eight foot tall man faction because they're just nobody would. No one would yeah, accept. They're it like, yeah, that's, the world. that's not part of the story. Where mm-hmm. you're going to go over and tell George R. R. Martin, sorry, we need these things in in your stories because we want to create this these miniatures. Although they did do that with uh, the Baratheons. The Bolt- no, the Bolton the cavalry, uh, cavalry unit, mm-hmm. which is so... I hate it. because Specifically because it doesn't fit with the fluff. You have this side faction that wasn't particularly well-known for uh, heavy armor and is in the north who shouldn't have a lot of money, and suddenly they have the most heavily armed and armored uh, cavalry in the game. That doesn't make any sense. And their cavalry doesn't even use uh, lances. That's also stupid. Yep. They don't have bows. They don't have lances. Why are they all running around with with uh, flails, which apparently didn't even really exist in real life? But mm-hmm. but uh, but it looked cool. On the but it looked cool. But and and but 
Well, that's not the Game of Thrones world. The Game of Thrones the, world is not, not about, even in the Game of Thrones world. Cool. Yeah. Bolton about, shouldn't even have that much money to be able to create a heavy cavalry. So even if you're, even despite the fact that flails are the ones that they're using, we're not even like really weapon. Mm-hmm. In real life, you can't even explain it away as Song of Ice and Fire because it doesn't fit with their fluff. Yep. And it kind of hurts the game, actually. Yeah, I think that's why Tao bothered me when they were first created in 40K. Mm-hmm. It's like, but no, this is anime. This is the grim dark future. <laughs> it was obviously what, a, what are a you cash grab for all these people and these Gundams yeah. doing in my game? Yeah, they should have just put more Gundam. And they didn't look Gundam enough. I guess they no. tried to do something in between. But yeah. I was like, these are these are just like second rate Gundams that they mm-hmm. shoved into the game. Exactly, it's terrible. So yeah, okay. So I think we've we've drawn the conclusion there that your fluff matters a lot in terms at of least what goes on the board. Yeah, and and at least though in Tao, like mm-hmm. because it was from nothing they were able to shove shove Tao in there because they're like you know what we create the fluff so now there's a there's an anime faction in 40k deal with it and and people dealt with it which they shouldn't have yeah I know it's terrible (laughs) so then I guess that brings you to other books that are out there we talked about like books that are half half we can talk about Frostgrave but you know what we'll come back to it Frostgrave is interesting where I guess it came out of nowhere so maybe that's another one to come back to Uh but with I guess we've talked about books that are more like 50-50, books that are uh-huh. 100% rules. Uh-huh. Then you get books that are a, nearly 100% fluff, which interestingly, mm-hmm. the book we just bought for Infinity, coming back to that, mm-hmm. was nearly 100% fluff. I mean, they put a couple of armies in there for sort of the components that can go into the army, mm-hmm. but that was only was, a few pages of the whole thing. And it was mostly about the fluff, the story of these armies to kind of get you invested in this army that they're hoping that you will start buying and playing with. Yeah, which I think worked for me for Drews because you read Drews and then you're like, okay, I'll play it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, you're buying Drews? Oh, uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, it doesn't require very many models, so uh-huh. it's it's an easy buy-in, maybe. But yeah, so the so, Drews are basically mercenaries, and they the ruthless. That's all you need to know. <laughs> like half of the the mercenary factions, exactly. But one one of the things is that's exactly the kind of thing, right? Like you want someone to hook someone to get them into playing mm-hmm. one of the things is to spark their imagination get them interested in the story of these people right and then you kind of want to collect those people like people like representations of those people which is the miniatures and then maybe you want to play the game or try it out and i guess the other interesting thing they did is put a whole bunch of missions in with the book but they're more narrative missions like okay mm-hmm. ideally for this narrative mission you have this faction on one side mm-hmm. And you have this other faction on the other side that's happening during this conflict. Yeah. So you can kind of play out the whole thing and feel like you're part of it. Which I may not do because I don't own all... The, if I owned all the models, I might do it. But but, but that, you could that find that one of your friends, thing, too, and yeah, play the thing. That, that, that entire faction. thing is... Even when you... This is one of those things we're talking about. When you feed in the gameplay into the story and, and vice versa, right? You're Now they're saying, well, these are the missions you can play. And then by playing those missions mm-hmm. that are very thematic... Right, you kind of get more emotionally invested than just amazing gameplay, right? Like for example, um, just to help emphasize it, Go, the game Go or, or chess, arguably, uh, are amazing has amazing gameplay. Yep. But the emotional aspect, right? When you but see those, it's not there. It's right? a zero. Yeah. Yeah, it's a zero. Exactly. It's all about thinking things through. Whereas when you're when you have these missions, right? The same same way with tabletop. There's less and more, right? I think tabletop miniatures. You know, you're you're painting the models. They they look like armies. They have all the story that mm-hmm. is, um, uh, kind of intrinsically gives you a lot of uh, emotional impact. And like like we talked about before, 
But when you have the missions all as well feeding into that kind of story, that kind of enhances uh, engagement. Yep. So, I mean, once you get to the bigger games where people are like super engaged in the books, mm-hmm. like say 40K or War Machine, uh-huh. the makers have gone so far as to even just like have authors come in and write books for it. Just because mm-hmm. people really want to be that deeply into it that you can go buy just a pure straight up novel yeah. to read about Although I think that hurt War Machine. Because mm-hmm. what happened, it, it, it's not exactly that they created books for them, right? Like having these books, it's another funnel to get people into the game because some people might just pick up the books or it's it's an, a great way to it's have a longer revenue. form. Yeah, and it's another revenue stream that they're hoping for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it helps people uh, have a deeper uh, understanding, I guess, or, or be able to have the longer form stories, right? To get, get uh, more interest in the characters in your in your setting. Yep. But what happened with War Machine uh, is they did they didn't just start writing books. Well, actually, they did. They started writing books, but then they decided we are going to remove most of the fluff and most of the story from our rule books and only have uh, like have them separate, right? So mm-hmm. we have our rule books, and then we have our. Uh, our fluff stories which are all long form uh, novels yeah so I guess the big and that mm-hmm. killed things because a lot of the people because a lot part of the thing is a lot like, of the players of the game are sort of more into the competitive aspect yeah but then and you're, then, you're but never going to get them engaged in the same story then if the books they're buying to play the game don't contain the, the fluff of the game yeah exactly so most of the guys would buy the book right uh, the rule book because they need that right their, their main thing is the game but it was kind of like an also like a bonus when you hear, read the story yep. but when you start saying oh it's only the story right you have to read only the story by itself and you have to pay f- just for that now you're competing against all of the the stories like the written books and everything out there right you have yep. the book format and like we talked about before the kind of stories that you want from a game are 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 different than the kind of novels that you want, and I'm not going to compare my 40k, like reading a 40k novel or a, a, a or a War Machine novel with George R. Martin. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. you're not, it, it's not going to be as good, right? No. And it's it's and if it even if it was as good, it wouldn't tell the right story for the kind of game that you're playing. No, because right? entirely different people are writing them. One, if you send it off for a novelist to write, like, and you don't have and, and like any like basis. we said about the kind of stories that you want to tell in a book are often or, or the good stories that you want to tell in a book are often very different than the kind of stories that you want for your uh, for a war game for a war mm-hmm. game and when you only release it as a book you put the person in a mindset of these are I should compare this to my other books yep. and obviously this book is super cheesy and not as good as this other stuff I'm reading nope it's just a bunch of like battle scenes which... <laughs> yeah and then this guy being super cool and cheesy or whatever uh-huh. yeah and then the other thing is art they separated art which yep. is, I think is very important for, I think this is one of those things that is very much so fluff and story, right? The, like, picture paints to that thousand words kind of thing, right? This is intrinsically important for uh, miniature games because when you put it on the table, that's mm-hmm. half the, the, the reason. You, you don't, like, recite poetry about your your miniatures as you move, them around, move nope. them around, but you do look at them, and that's the visual aspect. So when you put in the art... It's a lot closer, right, to yeah, the, a lot what you're pe- playing. A lot of people who put their armies on the table will actually want to paint it to the like the, the look of the faction they yeah. put in the book. They'll want to use the faction, the studio paint schemes for them. Whereas, I mean, I prefer creating my own thing, which might be mm-hmm. why I like the idea of 
like a mercenary faction. Mm-hmm. But even for, I guess, one of my alien armies in Infinity, the combined army, I did paint them very close to the studio because I'm like, yeah. You want to keep them... them in there so that they fit in the world, yeah. right? You, you don't want to make them entirely different. Like, no. You have your own spin kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? So, oh. So to me, I was, I was just saying, like, the art part of these books and fluff mm-hmm. is very, very important. And, and it's, it's almost, I'd say, uh, equally, I'd say equally important to have just cool art, evocative art, at, uh, as, as much as the story for filling out your universe, right? It's, this, this is uh, miniatures and miniature gaming. It's a, it's a visual, visual hobby. Right, so you need that kind of visual aspect to sell your stories, right? It's kind of part of why I think the the War Machine novels failed because when they had them in the fluff books, mm-hmm. it was art and story, written word and and illustration, right? Yeah. And you put them together, it, it it's very good at painting the entire. So you can have a short story world in your in your head, and everybody has the same picture of who that character is. Yeah, and you look at it, and, and obviously it tells. A lot about the character when you see a whole bunch of art about the character right mm-hmm. assuming it's consistent yeah so going back to infinity like we often do uh-huh. one thing they released in the last few years was just a pure manga book about like stories about oh, a story best. in the game and it was amazing like yeah and I, then i couldn't believe how like i felt it was much better at telling the story than the long written, written stories yep. that they've done also their writer is kind of terrible yeah so, they, <laughs> so finding good writers matters too yes. yeah yeah so they're they're I think I think that their writer is maybe better at the history stuff, mm-hmm. but when he tries to write um, story stuff, it's terrible. It's just too dry. It's, it's both dry mm-hmm. and and cheesy, but without the the fun action cheesy that you get in 40k, or it's like murder bull asses. Yes, stuff. I think that's <laughs> just ex- technically Age of Sigmar, right? But I think that's exactly what they managed to get in the manga. It was just like fun battle. Yes, exactly. Kicking you had, ass stuff. Yeah, you get the. F- the the fun frenetic energy that you you wouldn't necessarily get in a profile's uh, description, yeah. right? So I think something that could even be done, depending on like, Infinity's a very anime like inspired game, so it worked really well for that. Uh-huh. But possibly even like replacing stories, which is like short comics, which obviously costs them more to do because there's more frames. Uh-huh. But then again, the art style can like you expect really nice realistic art, but if you do say a comic style thing. Mm-hmm then the art can be brought down a few notches and possibly even be black and white, but then it still can tell really cool stories in a couple panels. It doesn't have to be a whole comic book, but like two pages yeah, of a book. That, that was one As of the coolest, thing, really cool. coolest things about the new... Mm-hmm. I think because of the success of the um, the uh, comic book for Infinity, they started putting panels of comic... Like comic panels, like one or two pages, trying to evoke the, uh, the, that same kind of emotion, like you're, you're yeah. saying... In the last two books, I believe, there's just panels, and they were so effective. Well, I haven't opened right? the last one, so don't ruin anything. Okay. Uh, like the newest one. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there are panels, and and I feel like it's almost... I want there to be more panels. Uh-huh. That's the thing. Like, I would rather, like, half that book be comics. You'd right? rather be like, I want to buy half a graphic novel and then half Half a story. story. And here's the thing mm-hmm. with the story, is that what I want um, is history. Right, like I, I, I guess, um, an idea of the world, right? Like history, encyclopedic kind of knowledge of like mm-hmm. who these factions are. Like, like you're saying about why do I like who is this new mercenary company, 
right? The Drews or the Shad or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. um, why do I care about that, right? You can tell it in stories, and that you is effective. You can tell their history and all that. But mm -hmm. if with a short historical blurb, like the, like you get in Wikipedia, right, is a good, effective way to, to kind of evoke people's emotions, right? Or evoke people's imagination when they think about it. Like, oh, okay, so this guy... Uh, is involved in these kind of things and this is this is where he fits in that world and I don't know to me this is one of those uh, things like when you're trying to do world building right to me that's what's exciting about uh, miniature games is that it's an interactive world building exercise so when you read a book mm -hmm. the, the, the world is built for you Right? Yep, you can talk to other people about the book, but you're basically yeah. just recounting what the book was. Exactly. Whereas when you go and play miniatures, you're making these miniatures, and then you're playing out games that kind of tell stories, like we said, about mm -hmm. these battles, right? And so it becomes almost an interactive world-building story thing, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Excuse me. So, like, you can have grudges between certain characters on the board when yes. they come back to like play the same people again. That's that's what kind of makes it super exciting is that it's an it's they they give you. That's why I think world building is more important in these miniature games than it is in let's say a, a basic a board story game or something. Or, yeah. Or, or, no, no, even with board games mm -hmm. like the the okay, yeah. Some of the board games are more just like that's technical. true. Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. I yeah. It's just about mechanics and about using the mechanics to their maximum. But yeah, and then they don't have that creative kind of aspect where you're mm -hmm. trying to, uh, where you you want to incite um, uh, kind of just uh, ima the imagination of the people that are playing, so that when they paint their models, they're saying, "Oh, this is my little corner of the world, mm -hmm. right? I, this is my uh, unit from this greater greater faction in the game, right?" And so yeah, I, I'm painting them these guys like normal like this is like you, you you see the fluff of what the guys look like but my guys have like I don't know a little skull on their <laughs> on their shoulder pad because they're part of my faction in this world right this is why I gave them a pink skull this yeah I mean, that, that means everything right it it's a secret meaning that you know that you don't understand until you kind of play it out right but then when you talk with other players you kind of feed back and and it kind of becomes this uh, interactive kind of hobby mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of what is great about this game when you see people create their their faction and their story and and their and they their, mod their they modify their miniatures to even fit yeah. the story like i remember when we were playing when we were really young right mm -hmm. one of the fun things that i did after we played a game is like i wrote i wrote the the block the block <laughs> the it journal back. <laughs> back then it's the journal mm -hmm. the journal of my commander right and he's saying we had this battle Right, and this is what we did, and whatever, right? And but to be able to kind of make context of that, the history of the world and everything matters a little bit more than just the stories of the grunts that you would normally get in a story. Yep. So I feel like history is a great way to help put context for people to place in their own stories that they create. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Okay. So I think we've talked about a lot of different games there, mm -hmm. about the different approaches for the book, and then sort of what we think is the ideal book for mm -hmm. a miniatures game or for just expansion books or games yeah do you want to talk about where we would where because of this thinking uh what that what we've decided kind of for us or what we are deciding so i don't it seems we, like this one we're not as uh aligned as we have been for other topics so, so. i don't think we've actually discussed it to that much of an extent yeah because well the 
making the core rules is pretty key because we've seen so many games out there where the core mm-hmm. rules are off mm-hmm. and you're like oh the story is cool the miniatures are cool and then when the gameplay is off you just have to dump the game yeah. after a while because you're just like smashing your face against the wall yeah. when you play the game yeah but so we have to get past that part first so I guess that's why we haven't hugely discussed mm-hmm. the presentation of the story and yeah, sort only of, in so much as it affects gameplay like we talked about warp warp travel before right yeah we've talked about the factions and sort of how the faction should be uh-huh. designed and sort of the feel behind the people that are inside the faction and their oh. lives in the faction mm-hmm. how that sort of extends to how the ships that they build work on the game table uh-huh. so we've gone to that extent sort of but we then, talked to, roughly about it but we mm-hmm. didn't really talk about why it's important as much no, right? we did there's some just, assumption that we just both we just, assume that it's important we just immediately <laughs> assume that everybody else does this and we like this so we're going to do it but yeah. I guess this is a discussion of why you have to do it and then the discussion after that is sort of how you do it and like do you put the comic book panels in there do you hire super expensive artists to produce your Michelangelo do you like where do you actually how do you actually present the content in sort of a in a reasonable way I'm like we even really thought about it so we should really think about it yeah now that we've talked about it how are we going to present the flow exactly so now that I've thought of it like maybe even the comic book idea is a good thing it would be cool that some of the stories that are more just like action based to possibly just yeah. be like okay here's two pages of this yeah and I, and I think mm-hmm. so so I think the, because we were really into this kind of fluff idea mm-hmm. we did write a generic like point by point history of the past thousand or so years that that made the world end up like it is for for Star Piercer like where why are they fighting what, why are the factions like this right now mm-hmm. we've, we've kind of done the history thing right um, we haven't really fleshed out all the details, but we talked about war travel and all those kind of things, right? Which I think is the good first step, because you want to know why. Like, you've got to have the past to understand mm-hmm. why the people are doing what they're doing now. So establishing the past yeah. so all the people in the current can be consistent. I think, yeah. that's, I think that was a good step. But I don't think we really talked about how we would present this and what's the best way to present it to mm-hmm. others, right? Yep. Uh, and so I, I did recently, like, just because, again that's what other people do so you just copy them uh, I did write some short stories right mm-hmm. about um, in, in the viewpoint of a couple of the factions to kind of get us thinking okay so this is this is what it's like this is how things uh, this is how they would uh, interact and kind of just uh, kind of get us more thinking in the viewpoint of those um of the those people factions, who are, of yeah. people who are in the battles, the people mm. who are talking about the battles, and about why they're yeah. battling. And at, at first, I wanted to write a longer form story, but you're like, no, nah, just write shorter stories so you can get like snippets of viewpoints of all, all of these things. And I think that is yep. uh, the correct way to go about it, right? But then, how are we going to gener- generally uh, lay out the story for Star Piercer? So I guess every faction probably needs to have some like key characters and possibly interactions mm-hmm. with them and maybe mm-hmm. the characters probably have to reoccur in each of the stories but maybe your emotional maybe, yeah, to gain that maybe it's from the perspective kind of, of maybe you're on one faction looking at that character on the uh-huh. other side where they're having communications with them uh-huh. and they're like what a jerk or, what a, <laughs> or maybe even what a chump yeah and just, just so they, they have to occur a few times so people become mm-hmm. connected to them yeah and I think with how we've discussed the factions before that some of the factions like because it's there's sort of a post-human element mm-hmm. to the universe yeah. but some of the some of the factions and the people that live in their civilizations have tended more towards just living the technological realm mm-hmm. and some have decided that living in the human realm is a quintessential, quintessential yeah. part of like 
being living. Yes, basically. It's almost like a religion to them that they have to be. Their Mm -hmm. being is what matters, not just functioning. Yeah. I think from the perspective of where the civilizations are more oriented towards, like, the individuals in them, Mm -hmm. and that them being, like, persons and existing outside of the Matrix, they call Mm -hmm. it that, that their story should be more based around their characters, their captains, Mm -hmm. and the people there. But then when you get to the factions that are more sort of possibly corporate-based, then maybe the stories are less about the Um, battles and more about how there's their acquisitions and all that. Yeah, that's true. And about, like... Just to give them the fluff and the flavor of who they are, right? Yep. And then when we get to the factions that have more they just live you get your accounting spreadsheet instead yeah, here's, here's, here's a spreadsheet here's of our our battles the the, the, the expenditures yes. on on military campaigns yes, versus the income for, yeah. for yeah. these various things I mean, like, this this line we're in the black yeah. this is good oh this one look at this we're in the red this is terrible oh so that'd be kind of a fun thing just to include that would be amazing yeah that's, that's true and this is the kind of things mm-hmm. that, that when you're creating these kind of things that, to involve people there's so many different ways that you can uh, present the fluff, right, yeah. and get people involved. Mm-hmm. So I think I think thinking outside the box is 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 yeah. as we see, there's so many different ways to kind of present them. Yep, whether it's books, whether it's comics, or that. But getting mm-hmm. back to sort of how the perspectives of the stories should be, that possibly there's the mm-hmm. factions that more live in the quote unquote matrix, mm-hmm. that maybe their perspectives would actually, or the characters would actually mm-hmm. be the ship itself, mm-hmm. or you. It has people on it, but you talk about the ship as the one doing all the actions. Because I guess you just started reading some of the culture series novels. Yeah, just so, started that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. So the ones beyond the one you're reading, spoilers, uh-huh. too bad. The, Fine. The, the ships are actually more of the characters uh-huh. in the books. Yeah. So I think people are quite willing to accept like the mechanical object as the source of the... Well, I think I think as long as it has human characteristics, right? The things yep, that we exactly. really like think about that that it's 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 the mind, right? Mm-hmm. That that really we relate to, right? Is one of the things that really bugged me about uh, the Transformers movies is like the Transformers, the big giant robots, they have minds, they, they have, have emotions, they have personalities. Yep. Why would I care about the human sidekicks, right? The human sidekicks should. They should not be part of the main yeah, character. Yeah, they don't movie. influence the world. It's not their battle. Like, yeah, exactly. Why? They're not even that important. Yeah. It's all about these guys. But they had to put the humans in. I don't even know why they don't. And then they have to make the, what the humans even stronger to actually hurt the transformers, just to make people feel whatever. Like yeah. when I was a child, and even now, I can relate to a robot who has emotion that has. They have love. They mm-hmm. like. Optimus Prime has a girlfriend somehow. Yeah. So, that. so maybe we know which faction you're going to play in the game. <laughs> which <laughs> like is my what? favorite faction. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's that's a good that's 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 a good uh, thing that we should definitely start thinking about more. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, the long form stories we've we've agreed at this point are probably not the way to go because yeah, a no. people. People haven't bought into the game like we talked yeah. about with War Machine and 40K. People mm-hmm. already bought in the game. They were willing to get stories like that. Yeah. Plus, what I found with reading even Infinity Fluff, like I really like the game, but when the stories go on for way too long and they're more just like an accounting, historical accounting of events uh-huh. rather than being able to people, I'm less, less interested. To be fair, I think their historical accounting of what happens is mm-hmm. worse than Wikipedia. Okay. And worse than worse than 40K, worse than Yes. So when you mm-hmm. want to do historical account, right, I think... Just looking at Wikipedia is a good idea. And one of the things is maybe you just want to do point form, right? Like, what happened at this time? This time period, this happened. This mm-hmm. time period, this happened. And then you then you get the essence of what happens without all of the extra, I don't know, 
extraneous information, extraneous information right. that you, you're not even necessarily good at at writing, which they are not in Infinity. Mm-hmm. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. Well, so yeah. So I think that's a good starting point for yeah things about a game that. And I think that's the next thing that we got to really look at, especially since I think we're wrapping up the um, core development of the roles and everything for Star Piercer. Yeah. All right. So is that it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. Give us, uh, send us some emails if you have any ideas about what kind of direction you want or, us or to games do. you think did a super good job with their background storytelling. Yeah. And didn't like. Or ones mm-hmm. that were terrible at it, yes. which we will just laugh at. Or yeah. laugh at, but inside be terrified of actually repeating those errors. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that's all. All right. One more thing. If you want to check out our other podcasts, our website for the Star Piercer game, it's... and contact us on Facebook, where are we at, Alan? Uh, we are at, well, the website is starpiercer.com. Yep. Uh, you can contact us by old school email at uh, contact at diceovereverything.com. If you want to find us on Facebook or follow us, we've, we're at Star Piercer Community. Yep, and honestly, we use the Facebook the most. So Please just get in touch with us there. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye.